Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Grant and Danny on the fan. No Grant, no Danny. Toby Altizer in for them today on this Labor Day. Let's get out to the BetQL guest hotline and bring in Bart Winkler. You could have heard him this morning on CBS Sports Radio. Bart, what's going on? Toby Altizer, my man, what's up? So I want to start this by saying I reached out to Ryan Horvath, and he he texted me back and said, quote, I'm too good for you, so I settled for Bart Winkler. Is that is that fine? That is, like, I, I like, can't even tell if you're joking or not because that's <laughs> completely in character. <laughs> no, he actually pulled the uh, I didn't see this text until today. Is what he pulls. Oh, he does it to me all the time. Classic. <laughs> it's fantastic. So I wanted to talk about this because you were on CBS Sports Radio this morning, and I saw you tweet out that you were going to talk about this Deion Sanders and the media thing. Can you give us your take on that? Yeah, I was watching this game like everybody else, and I think that like I've, I've been excited for this game for a long time. And I think that even if you weren't, at some point, somebody texted you or you saw something where you, you had to get to a TV to watch this game. And there was a moment, because I felt it, there was a moment where the whole world was happy for Dion Sanders. There was a moment. And then Dion and all these kids, you know, uh, Edwards, who had a bunch of touchdowns, Shadur, 510 yards, Travis Hunter, 121 plays. And then Dion in the press conference, starts talking about, you know, you doubted me. I read this. I read this. And somehow it turned into, well, do reporters have to root for their teams? Can't we be objective? Uh, Shouldn't Dion win more than one game before he starts doing this? And I think, like, a couple of things. Dion knows what Dion's doing. Dion Sanders, this this is the most obvious outcome of all time that we should have been all we should have known when has Deion Sanders ever done something and failed? When has he ever talked the talk and not walk the walk? The guy played two professional sports on the same day. The guy was retired for four years and then came back for the Ravens. Where's the number 37 just to remind young receivers, how old the guy is they're going up against has a bunch of picks goes to Jackson state coaches. You're like Deion, the coach turns that program around gets the whole nation's eyes on HBCUs for a lot of us that were oblivious and ignorant to to the fact of what these universities do and are and mean. And then he goes to Colorado and he wins his first game against the national champion runner up on the road. Of course this was going to happen. And then Dion wants to take a little victory lap. And I think that's totally fine. And if Dion gets, if, if, if Colorado gets, destroyed next week or loses to Nebraska, then we can all be like, oh, Dion, you spoke too soon. But there's got to be an ability in this life for you to be able to take some praise in your successes. And Dion was doing that, and he was doing it in a way that was, you know, there was some showmanship to it, which I think his team will respond to and future recruits will respond to. I just think um, there's, there's, this, there's a very – and, and we we are like the recipients of it because we're we're consumers. But there's a very interesting thing in the media where when one reporter 
gets like a mosquito bite, we all rally around him <laughs> and try to defend our profession. And I think we just need to remember, like one of the comparisons I said was, sports, sports journalists, sports writers really want you to know that they are impartial. Really want you to know that they are, they are, they like, they are writing something that will be read for generations to come. And we will never allow you to know what team we root for. Meanwhile, in politics, everybody knows who's on what team. And they don't care. But in sports, you have to be all like, oh, I, I just, I just I root for good games. I don't know. I, just, I think the whole thing was stupid. Uh, we're, we're now giving attention to something else instead of the great performances. Maybe that's by design from Deion a little bit. Maybe he wants to keep the pressure off the kids. You know, maybe that's by design, but it just seems like what Colorado did on Saturday should be worth celebrating. And as we often do, when there's something worth celebrating, we immediately try to find the flaw in it. And I think that's what happened a little bit. But I'm on the Dion train as, as much as you can be. I think this is a compelling story, an awesome story. And I don't know how you don't tune in to his next game on Saturday. That's Bart Winkler. You can hear him on CBS Sports Radio from time to time, as well as the Bart Winkler Show podcast. I'm Toby Altizer in for Grant and Danny today. Yeah, and the other thing about that is it'd be shocking if it was anyone other than Deion Sanders doing this. Like, I'm not on Deion's side as much as you are, but at the same point, I mean, are are any of us shocked that after a game and something like that happened, that the guy that's in the headlines is Deion Sanders? Well, but I also like that's like I said that's that's that is what's gotten him to this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, Deion Sanders is the head coach of a Power Five football team that was unthinkable four years ago, and these kids that are playing for him, and some are his kids, but I look at like Travis Hunter is a great example. This guy was the number one recruit, and he was going to go to Florida State. And he went to go play at Jackson State instead because he believed in Dion. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's so many coaches that everybody's got their own way, you know, and some coaches win different ways. But I think what Dion's way is, is trying to get a group of guys that that he believes in, and you know that Dion believes in you. I think a lot of us are also unlike we're just this is a new thing because he essentially you know how like I I equate it to when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were looking they wanted to play together they wanted to play together first and the team was second so they decided they wanted to play together and then they looked around the league and said where can we make it happen and then they went to Brooklyn Brooklyn wasn't their desired place it was they wanted to play and then they found Brooklyn Dion is just looking for a place to let him in. He, what, what attention does he have to Colorado? I saw a pregame uh, hype video that Michael Irvin was doing, and it's so weird to see Michael Irvin wearing Col- he was wearing Colorado stuff, talking to the kids. But he's, he's a kind of coach that you're going to believe in, and the kids know that, that they have, he's got their back. And I think he was, you know, as much as he was saying all that stuff for Dion on Saturday – he was saying it for his kids because his, his son is being clowned for being a, like, oh, he can't play at the pro level. And, you know, all these other kids are being made fun of. And it's just a great experiment. And, yeah, it kind of sucks for the kids that were at Colorado that they thought they were going to play there. And then Dion comes in. But guess what? This is the way that college is now. And there's 300 other schools that they can go play football in. So everybody can find a way to win in this story. And and for the actual results, Colorado did on Saturday. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think you laid it out pretty nicely there. I'm excited to see. I mean, they're going to be so intriguing to watch the rest of the college football season. One more college football question before we get into the NFL. Was there anyone that really impressed you this weekend with the first slate of games? Of, I mean, obviously week zero, there was nothing. But anything in week one that stood out to you? Well, I think obviously Florida State last night. And, and that was a good game because – it was actually like two ranked, like two top ten teams, mm-hmm. and in this era where it's the four team playoff, you don't get as many of these because you don't want to lose. Like I don't think LSU is done. They can 
they can still win out of the SEC. They'd have to beat Alabama. They're not done. But, like, TCU's probably done. And they were just in the national championship game last year. I'm, I'm hoping that with the expansion of the playoff, what it does do is actually adds more of these kind of matches, even though now, in, like in college football, like it's going to be so weird. Florida State, it's, it's really hard to keep track of, and Gus Johnson even screwed up too. He's like, this is Big 12 football. And Joe Klatt's like, well, not yet. Colorado's still in the Pac-12. And Alabama and Texas are playing this week. And you're like, oh, SEC game. Well, no, it's still technically a non-conference game. But I think everybody that needed to win, you know, needed to win. There was some discussion we had this morning about these lopsided games, and, you know, I think that'll work itself out. But Oregon looked good, and the whole Pac-12, the whole Pac-12, they're going away. Everybody won. The Pac-12 is going to at least go out with, like, the best season they've ever had. So that is kind of bittersweet, kind of stinks, but – so far, good start for the Pac-12. Florida State, too. Talking with Bart Winkler, you can hear him on CBS Sports Radio as well as his podcast, the Bart Winkler Show podcast, here on the BetQL Guest Hotline. Toby Altizer in for Grant and Danny today. So you cover the Packers pretty closely, being in Wisconsin, obviously cover the NFC. We're going to talk about some of these predictions in a little bit here on the show, but how many legitimate contenders do you think there are in the NFC? Because to me, it feels like maybe three if you want to throw someone there, but it still just seems like the Niners and Eagles and, you know, in the NFC East, we've seen for years now that the same team doesn't win the NFC East. So does that mean that the Eagles are going to take a step back and it's just the Niners? But then you look at the Niners and is Brock Purdy going to be able to do the same thing that he did last year? Like who are the real contenders in the NFC in your opinion? I think the Eagles are going to be still good. I think I'm believing in the Cowboys like an idiot. Uh, I, I think the giants and the commanders can, there's, there's both good paths for them. Uh, you know, the commanders, it's going to be very interesting to see how Howell does, but I don't think that that, I, I, Hey, I was on CBS one day and the guy that did a show before me, I think he was a Philly guy, but he was saying how this is uh they're sort of throwing up the white flag that the commanders, the commanders are taking this year by not getting a free agent and starting Sam Howell. And I'm thinking, can we watch him play for a month first before we decree that it's a tank? So NFC East, there's a lot of variables there because the Eagles are probably going to get in. There's like three teams that we know are going to get in. And then literally you could tell me, except for Arizona, you could tell me seven playoff teams in the NFC. And I'd say, yeah, that sounds like it could happen because it is so wide open. And it is going to be interesting. I think in the South, the South is going to be pretty bad. The Saints might be the team in that division just because they have, you know, some the, the most veterans. Uh, the West, I still like Seattle. The, the story that's bugged me the most, Toby, this last week is how San Francisco traded Trey Lance and the criticism was on Dallas. Like, what Dallas bring in this distraction? What's Jerry Jones doing? Uh, we're going to give John Lynch a free pass for just punting on a guy he traded three first-round picks for. Dumb. And then I think in the NFC North, I think everybody's got a chance, and almost like an equal chance. And I think that the the most shocking – like, there'd be a big upset. If, if Houston went to Baltimore and won, that'd be a pretty big deal. Uh, if Arizona beat Washington, you know, th- these are big spreads. It'd be a big deal. But I don't think anything would send as much shockwaves through the league as if the Lions win on Thursday night. Because even though people like the Lions and people think, okay, maybe the Lions, maybe it's their, their time to do something, it's the season opener in Kansas City. And if the Lions knock off Kansas City right away, suddenly when you look at the NFC and think, oh, you know, Dallas and Eagles and Niners, you got, you got to think Lions immediately if they go do that. So I think there's a lot of intrigue. In that game, NFC is pretty wide open. AFC has a, like 13 teams that could make it. There's going to be some really good teams that get out. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know if it's I'm getting older and, and I think that I have less time on this rock or if it's I, I'm getting older and I just have less hobbies. But I am more excited for the NFL than I ever have been. And just when I thought I said that last year and I thought I maxed out, I, I mean, I, I, am, I am dying for Thursday. Yeah, I'm, I cannot wait. I'm so excited. And then you look at the AFC, like you mentioned, 
it's crazy because, you know, we're going to talk about some of our playoff teams here in the next segment, me and Chris, and I'm like trying to pick out who's going to make it in the AFC. And I'm thinking who's going to be left out and all these things. It's absolutely nuts how good that AFC is. I guess if we're going to look at a specific team, though, do you buy the Jets hype? The Jets, the Jets have to navigate this first month. They got to navigate these first six games before they're by. And if they do well there, then I think they'll be fine. But I don't know. Rodgers and the Packers have started slow the last couple of years. He did get in that playoff game. If they start slow, it's going to be hard for them. Playing both Kansas City and Philly, having to go to Dallas with the Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers situation. Uh, Now Denver's a big game because of the Sean Payton comments. The first game of the year against Buffalo. I know at Buffalo, everybody... For some reason, everybody thinks Buffalo missed their window. I'm like, Buffalo's still good. I, Buffalo, all we ever want to talk about is Stephon Diggs is unhappy. Is he, though? Why? What, 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 he's still there. He's playing. He showed up. So, I don't know. I, I kind of like Buffalo that Monday night. But we'll see. Yeah, AFC's interesting because I think if you, if you take the consensus of who's going to make the playoffs then, and you look at who's not, Sean Payton, you think he's a Hall of Fame coach? Mike Vrabel, he's a very good coach. Mike Tomlin, he's a Hall of Fame coach. Bill Belichick, a lot of people are taking all those guys to miss the playoffs. You got to think one of those guys is going to get their team in. So I think the AFC, in a weird way, is it's like watching college football. And I know there's 130 teams and there's four spots, but in the AFC, every game is going to matter all season long. Like a playoff spot could be decided by Bills Jets Week One. A playoff spot could be decided by Bengals-Browns week one. Every game is so important because everybody besides a team or two really has a shot at this thing. So, again, you got one conference that is everybody's going for it. you got another conference where you're going to see some some great surprises. It's just going to be so fun, man. Talking with Bart Winkler, you can hear him on CBS Sports Radio, his podcast. It's the Bart Winkler Show podcast here on the BetQL guest hotline. Again, Toby Altizer in for Grant and Danny. Last one here for you, Bart. It's a two-sided question. What team do you think is going to surprise a lot of people this year? Maybe they'll be a playoff team, or maybe they're just a lot better than people expected, kind of like the Lions last year. And then what team is getting a lot of hype that is not going to be as good as people think? I almost want to say the Jets for the second one. But that so I'm in Wisconsin, as you said, and I think there is some Rogers bias that would go and come into play. I've never heard Rogers bias from you. <laughs> I still I'm not a 49ers believer. I'm not. Um, I don't think I don't know that they have a quarterback. I know they think they do. The 49ers. I've told you this. The 49ers are the NBA or the NFL's Boston Celtics, where they're always like competitive. And a lot of people do take them at the beginning of the year to feel smart. And then when you tell your friends, they say, who do you, who do you like in the NFC? You say, yeah, I like the Niners. Like, oh, that's a great pick. That's a great pick, Kobe. Uh, who do you like in the NBA? I think I like the Celtics. Oh, really smart pick. Combined, they've got one title in 20, 35 years, 25 years. And that was 08 with the Celtics. Niners haven't won in forever. So I would think that they might be a team that uh, that is getting a little overhyped. I like a team like, you know, Miami. Still, there's a lot of questions with Tua. I think the Ravens are going to be really good. I think the Browns, the Browns are being overlooked because there were so many quarterbacks last year that just looked like shells of themselves. And Deshaun Watson was one of those guys. He was so mediocre. And I know that everybody hates him, and maybe should. But as a football, in a football standpoint, Deshaun Watson used to be, like, the best quarterback in the league with Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. And if the Browns get anything close to that, they've got a good roster that suddenly they can shake up. That, that AFC North is, is very good. Because I like the Steelers a lot, too. Like Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. So that AFC North, I think, is going to be the most captivating. Well, Bart, appreciate the time. Hopefully uh, we can track down Horvey for your podcast and my show at some point. I mean, need to track down you this week also. Just be prepared for that. Oh, that sounds good. I'll, I'll hop on whenever you need me. Bart, good to talk All to you right, again. All right, buddy. See you, Toby.
You heard from Bart Winkler. You can check out his podcast, the Bart Winkler Show podcast, as well as hear him at various times on CBS Sports Radio. You can check him out at Winkstinks on Twitter. He joined us on the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. When we come back, we're going to take a look around the NFL. We'll give you our predictions for who's going to win each division, who's going to make the playoffs, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, all the good stuff next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Another hour on 106.7 The Fan. Team 980 simulcast as well. Overtime begins. I'm still here. Grant and Danny with the day off. Filled in for them. Obviously heard Rick Doc Walker before me. Been a fun day hanging out with you guys. I'm taking you up until 7.30, and then you'll hear Clemson and Duke. Week one of college football continues on. But we're talking about the NFL. We're going through, and we're going to make all of our predictions here. So let's start with some division winners. Chris and I will make our picks. Let's start in the AFC. Who do you got in the AFC East, Chris? Who do you think is going to win that division, the AFC East? I'm going to go Dolphins. All right. Interesting. That's very interesting, actually. Yeah. So you've got, obviously, in the AFC East, you've got the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Patriots, and you're going with the Dolphins. Yeah. I think the Dolphins were actually real close last year. Um, this Again, I don't believe in the Jets, so I don't even think of them as a contender. I think the Bills or the Dolphins, it's going to be between them, and I, I'm going with Miami. Interesting. I'm going to go with the Bills. I don't think I need to spend too much time on them. I think we all understand, but I think that is an interesting one. I like the Dolphins. I think that they're going to be very good this year. Let's move on to the AFC North as we go through the division winners that we're projecting for this season. AFC North, Steelers, Browns, Ravens, Bengals. Who you got? Ravens. Really? I like yeah. it. I yeah. Like it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can go against the Bengals. Like, I think that Joe Burrow is going to be fine. Maybe he takes... Maybe he's a little bit under 100% at the beginning of the season, but I think he'll be fine throughout, and I'm not going to bet against Joe Burrow. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I think Lamar is going to have a great season passing this year. MVP? I think he's gonna, Yeah. I, we'll see. I don't know about MVP or not, but you know what? He could be. He could be. All right. Interesting. I like it. We're disagreeing so far. I like that. AFC South, Jags, Texans, Colts, Titans. We got uh, that's a division. It's terrible. <laughs> I, but it's got to be the Jags, right? I Yeah, I guess. Are you big on the Jags again? You know, I think I think Trevor Lawrence, maybe he'll he'll turn it into something this year. You know, it could be. It could be. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Jags. I think that they'll be good again. I don't know if they'll be as good as they were last year, but, I mean, Calvin Ridley coming back and being a part of that football team, all reports say that he's been – Fantastic best receiver on that football team. So that division looks so weak. They have a chance to kind of pad their record a little. No you doubt. Know, so no doubt. I think that they could go on a run again. So I'll go with the Jaguars in the AFC South. 
moving on to the AFC West, this would, could be a fun division. Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos. I got to go Chiefs. So. Yeah, I think that's pretty easy. I think it's going to be the Chiefs. But I'm interested to see if the Chargers can take that next step this year. You know, we've been waiting on them yeah. to do that. And Brandon Staley seems to continually hold them back. But I still think it's the Chiefs division. But like I said, I'm a little concerned if Chris Jones isn't going to be back. I think they can still win the division, but are they going to be as formidable as they have been if they don't have Chris Jones? I also think, you know, I don't I don't know that the Broncos are in any position to win a division, but I think they could throw some wrenches in teams in that division's hopes. You know, if Sean Payton starts turning that around halfway through the season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Let's shift over to the NFC. NFC North. We'll save the NFC East for last. Who you got in the NFC North? You obviously got <laughs> so my my Packers, Lions, Packers, my girl asked me if, if you were going to ask me about this today, and I and she's a huge Lions fan. She's like, you better say Lions, but you know I I know everyone is down on the Vikings, thinking it was a big fluke last year, and they won a lot of games by one score or less. And uh, I'm so I'm going to go with Vikings. I I got I think they're better than people think they will be. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings as well because I think of all the teams in the NFC North, they have the most sure situation. Like, Jordan Love could be good. He also could be bad. Yeah. Justin Fields, like I said, I think the Bears are a little overrated this year, but, I mean, Justin Fields could be really good and take a step forward. He also could be what he was last year, a team that was not very good last season, so they could be the same. And then the Detroit Lions, is, can they stop anyone defensively? I think their offense will be good again. I don't know if... Jared Goff is going to put up the same numbers again like he did last year. but Big, I think, big question mark there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they can stop anybody defensively still. So I think if you're looking at teams that I think we kind of understand what they are, maybe they take a step back. But, I mean, they were so good last season, even just taking a small step back, if they win 11 games, maybe even just 12 games, like I think that still wins the division. So I'll go with the Vikings. Yeah. And then let's go with the NFC South. All right, another another. <laughs> yeah, this is the Barburner Saints. Buccaneers, I'll, I'll Falcons, say Saints. Saints. I guess I just tend to like the Saints probably the most out of those teams. Uh, I don't. That's a toss up. I feel I, I, when they went and got Derek Carr, I think it made it pretty obvious sure. that they would probably win the division. But I think the team that could throw a wrench in things if they can get the quarterback up to speed is Carolina, and that's because I think that if you looked at their roster last season. And I remember talking about them throughout the year, and I talked about them even down on a station in South Carolina talking about Carolina Panthers. It, they seem like a quarterback away. Like, they had some talent. They had to trade DJ Moore away, so they lost a little bit of offensive talent, and obviously McCaffrey gets shipped out. Yeah. But they think their defense still has a lot of talent. It's questions about the receiving core. You got Adam Thielen. He's old. You got DJ Shark. Like, eh, you know, they bring in Jonathan Mingo. I don't know if their offense has enough weapons, but I mean, if they can get some stuff going on offense, they've got a good defense and that division is so bad. I think the Panthers could throw a wrench in things, but I think it does have to be the Saints. Moving on to the NFC West, you got the 49ers, you've got the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Rams. Yeah, that's, I, I, again, like you were saying earlier, uh, I, I guess, I guess it seems like the 49ers are the obvious choice, I yeah, guess. I think it's but... the 49ers. I think it's pretty simple. Yeah. I think the Seahawks could be good, but I'm going to stick with the 49ers. I guess we can get into who our wild card teams are. So, again, we kind of disagreed on who our division winners were, but who do you have getting in as wild card teams in the AFC? Oh, we didn't. T- hold on. We didn't take the NFC East. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, get the <laughs> NFC East. Who you got in the NFC East? I mean, I think it's got to be the Eagles, as much as I don't like the Eagles. Man, but it's, it's just, it feels like to me with the NFC East. Every single year, we know the team that won it the year before isn't going to win it. And then every year we go in with the pretext like, well, you know, I mean, the Eagles are so good, or, man, the Cowboys are so good, I don't know, or the Giants. It's never with the Commanders. But it's always like, well, I mean, who's going to beat them? To me, it Well, feels- look, if the Commanders make it to a Super Bowl and lose, then maybe people pick them the second year, you know, to win the division again. But But we'll see what happens. It just <laughs> seems like, I mean, it seems like this year should be the year to end it, but... I'm going to take the Eagles, but I don't feel good about it. I don't know yeah. who's going to beat them in the division because... I don't I think, think it's the, Giants or the Cowboys. No, I think the cycle probably continues. It seems like it will for forever, but if there were a year, I mean, I think that the Cowboys could be right there, but I'm not going to think that they're going to win 12, 13 games again. Like, And I don't think the Giants are going to be as good as they were last year, so maybe they sit around that 8-9 win mark again, but 
and I, we just did the win-loss record for the Commanders. You had them 10-7, and seven, I had them 9-8. and eight. I don't see them upsetting the Eagles, but at no. the same point, I don't feel good taking the Eagles, but I will take the Eagles. Who you got as your wild card teams? In the AFC. Right, hold on, let me pull these up. I had written these down. Hold on. All right, I'll go with my <laughs> I'll go with my wild card teams in the AFC. So I got the Jets. You had the Ravens winning the division. Yeah, so I got Bengals in, in that. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's put in Bills and Dolphins in that division. So you know, I had picked Dolphins, but I guess that would make the Bills the other one. Um, maybe is that how many is that? Four or five, six. So I got one more. Uh, let's see. maybe Chargers. Okay. Yeah, I like the Chargers. Yeah. So I have the Jets, the Ravens, and the Dolphins. And you had two of those actually winning the division and the Dolphins and the Ravens. But I have the Chargers out, and I think it's going to be a classic case of the Chargers doing Charger things again. Like <laughs> Where last year they made the playoffs when they had a huge lead and they blew it to Jacksonville. But it just seems like they're going to be the team that just, they should be much better than they are. And I think that this is the last year for Brandon Staley. I think they're like, this is it. Like, we cannot continually have teams that underperform. So I yeah. think it's going to end up being the the Jets, the Ravens, and the Dolphins as the wild card teams in the AFC. NFC, I've got the Cowboys, the Seahawks, and I've got a surprise team I'm going to save for you. Who you got in the NFC? NFC, let's see. So my division winners were, what, Vikings, Saints, Eagles, and Niners. So we'll say I had also... See the Lions, I think you gotta, you know, if the Vikings win that, I think the Lions are still gonna go. Um, then I've got uh, the Rams. Let's see if the Rams can pull it out. Oh, so, Rams! Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not big on the Rams at all. I think they're gonna be awful. Well, but, they could be, but you know, you gotta you gotta pick some. I'm not the kind of guy that likes to just go down the thing. And, no, and I understand. Pick, you know, I understand. So I, I got the Cowboys again. I got the Seahawks. I think the Packers. Really? So that's another one, too, though, that who knows? I mean, I think it's going to be a fight. You know, the Commanders, again, we did our win-loss record. I have them at 9-8. and eight. I think it's going to be one of those things where the Packers get in on a tiebreaker or something at 9-8. and eight. See, I, th- I think the, the, if their division was weaker, you know, if they, if they were playing Carolina and whatever all year, I think they might have a better chance. But I think with the Vikings and the Lions both in that division, that, that's a harder hill for them to climb. All right, we're going to get into some more stuff here in a second. I want to get into like the MVP and all those things, but let's continue on here. Conference champions. Who's winning the AFC? Who's winning the NFC? Who's meeting in the Super Bowl? Well, I'm going to go Chiefs anyway. So, my the first when I was a little kid, my dad's family is all from Kansas City. So, I grew up watching like when I learned about football, I was watching the Chiefs and when I learned about baseball, I was watching the Royals. So, those are my first teams. Okay. So I'm going to go for the Chiefs as a sentimental value, but they're also kind of the I mean, team to beat right now. It's, yeah, I mean, it's the Chiefs. It's, their, it's not a wrong answer. It's their, it's their Super Bowl championship to lose this season, you know? So. And then who you got in the NFC? Let's see. NFC, man. Um, it just seems like there's so few legit contenders in the NFC. I know. I know. And again, it seems like 49ers could be an easy choice or something. I, uh, I don't know. Um... You know what? Let's go with the Niners. Whatever. All right. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I don't think the Eagles are going to go back. I think they're going to. No, I don't a, think they're doing it two years in I a row. I think they'll take a slight step back, but I don't know who else to take other than for, the 49ers if I'm not going to go with the Eagles. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the 49ers and the NFC, and I'm worried about this Chris Jones thing. I really am. I think that if Chris Jones doesn't show up or doesn't play, yeah. I think that the Chiefs... That could be an Achilles heel. Agreed. Like, I don't think the Chiefs can go back to the Super Bowl if that's the case in a loaded AFC. And I'm going to go with, in my opinion, the second best team. The team that, for the most part, has had the Chiefs number except for in one game last year in the AFC Championship. And that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep. I think that Cincinnati's going to get it done this year, too. I think Cincinnati wins. The the thing about Cincinnati is that division looks so tough this year that those guys could get beat up. You know, I mean, there's... No doubt. I mean, this is not just... Not only are they good, I mean, you're talking about physical teams like the Steelers, and, and it just, we'll see, you know. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited to watch this AFC because. I honestly think the AFC championship game may be the bigger determining factor of who wins it all Agreed. than the actual Super Bowl. Agreed. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a bloodbath in the AFC, and I'm assuming you have the Chiefs winning over the Niners. Yeah, the yeah, I got it. You know, I like the Ravens, too. I'd love to see the Ravens versus the Chiefs in the AFC championship. That would be ideal for me as a fan to watch. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. So, again, we've got – I've got the Bengals and the Niners. You've got the Chiefs and the Niners in the Super Bowl. 
you've got the Chiefs winning it. I've got the Bengals winning it. It's going to be an intriguing season. I think Bart laid it out perfectly. It feels like every single year I'm like, I couldn't love football more and look forward to it more. And then it's the next year, it's the same thing. <laughs> and that's how I feel this year. I couldn't be looking more forward to this season getting underway on Thursday night with the Lions and the Chiefs. We'll continue talking about the NFL. We'll go through some of our biggest surprise teams, our biggest disappointment. We'll also go through who we think is going to win the various awards in the NFL. We'll do that all next here on The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Toby Altizer with you here on Overtime of 106.7. The fan taking you up until 7.30, and we'll turn it over to some college football between Clemson and Duke. Clemson's going to smash them tonight. Cade Klubnick and the boys going to put up a big number against Duke tonight. Actually, some people think that Duke might be better than people expect, but I still think Clemson's going to roll them. But we're talking about the NFL right now. We're talking about our predictions for the season. So Chris had... The Niners taking on the Chiefs and the Chiefs being Super Bowl champions. I got the Bengals and Niners, the Bengals being Super Bowl champions. But I want to talk about some other teams. So biggest surprise team, biggest disappointment. Let's start with the surprise team. So I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. I already talked about this. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be better than people expect. I think Jordan Love has some nice weapons around him. Now it's a youth movement, no doubt, in Green Bay. They got very young receivers. They got very young just your entire roster, but I think that that team can be a lot better than people expect. Christian Watson, a lot of talent. Romeo Dobbs is going to step into a nice role. Jaden Reed, nice player. Obviously, you still got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Luke Musgrave, I think, is going to be a nice weapon at tight end. So I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers being better than people expect. How about you? Biggest surprise team? I'm not sure if it'll be a total surprise, but I think the Saints could hold that, too. Uh, with Derek Carr, really, if, if he has a great season there, it's it's always interesting to me to see a quarterback that has been so ingrained with one team for so long eventually switch and see if they can actually be successful somewhere else. Uh, but you know they're in that dome down there, and quarterbacks love throwing. Yep. So down I think there, it could so. be a fun team this year. Yeah, I really do. I like Olave. I really like that team. So we'll see. I mean, I think that's an interesting one. Maybe they're going to be a little bit better. Maybe they can get a playoff win and a weak NFC. Maybe. Let's go on to the biggest disappointment. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. Oh, all right. I think a lot of people are on the Detroit Lions. Yep. And I understand why. I get they're fun. They had an offense last year that could score with anyone, but they couldn't stop anyone. I, I feel they're the lovable underdogs of the yeah, of the league right now. But you I know? think so many people are in on them, and I just think everyone thinks that their offense is going to be the same as it was last year. I think that their offense is too good to replicate that again, and I think their defense is still bad. So if their offense takes a step back and their defense is still bad, I don't. I just don't see them being as good as they were last year. My pick is the Cleveland Browns. 
Really? You don't yeah. think they're going to be very good? First, well, I just think I'm not saying that they're going to be like a dead last team. You know, I don't think they're going to be in the run for the first first overall draft pick. But in a division that is that stacked, I think they're the low man on the That's on that pile. That's what I'm predicting. I think. Uh, you know, I've seen the Browns try to assemble teams together and throw a bunch of free agents and things together, and it never seems to work for a whole season. You know, yeah. Uh, maybe, I, maybe with with Watson back, I don't know, but I uh, that division again is just it's. If they were in a weaker division, maybe whatever. But I think out of them, out of out of those four teams, they're going to be the low one on that pile. I and, think Deshaun Watson so. is going to have a very good season. I think that he's going to. I don't know if he gets back to the form where. He's talked about in that same conversation as like a Josh Allen and a Patrick Mahomes. I don't yeah, think he gets yeah. back to there, but I think he's going to be very good again this year. He probably will, but I still think uh, that's that's my choice for the big. You I know, mean, it's a loaded I, AFC. So like we were talking is. about, I mean, there's teams that might be very good. I mean, the Jets might have a good year and still not make the playoffs. Yeah, you know, a team like that's what I'm saying. Like they could Browns. maybe go close to 500. You know, there's odd numbers games now, but something like that and and still be the worst team in that division. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I'm not saying that they're going to be like have three wins or something. I don't mean like that, but I just I think that's my prediction out of that division, I think that, that it's going to have be real tough for them essentially just throwing all these people together and see if they all work together, you know? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting watch. Let's move on to who we think's going to win the various awards. We'll start with the biggest one, MVP. Who you got? Patrick Mahomes again? He's like the obvious choice, so I wanted to pick something different, and I, and I do like Mahomes, so I'm not going to be surprised if he wins, but I went Christian McCaffrey, let's say. Wow, yeah. someone other than a quarterback. Yeah, it, it hardly ever happens, but you know, yeah, why, why not, not this year, I'm right? I'm not sure that it will, but I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. Why not? I'll go with Joe Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow, it could be him. I, again, th- I feel some of the awards, they're always better questions asked halfway through the season. Oh, no doubt. kind of seen no some doubt. of it, but you know, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, we're just spitballing here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sports radio. Offensive player of the year. I'm going to go with an interesting one here. I'll, uh-huh. I'll let you think about this. Travis Kelsey. Oh, all right. All right. It's about time someone other than a wide receiver or running back gets some love. And this guy continues to put up crazy numbers. Last year was 1,300 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. If this guy takes another step forward in a year where they don't necessarily have a clear number one wide receiver, why can't it be Travis Kelsey? I mean, 1,400 yards and... 14 touchdowns, 15 touchdowns. Why can't he win offensive player of the year? I feel like it could be him. Who you got? Yeah. Again, this is a this is a tough one for me just trying to predict something that far, but um I don't know. Let's let's say you know what Vikings. Let's say uh Justin, Justin, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson again. Yeah. All right, last one here before we hit a break and then mm-hmm. we'll get into some more football talk. Defensive player of the year. We were talking about this in the before in the break. This yeah. is just another reason for me to talk about Micah Parsons. Yeah. I think he's the I think he's the best defensive player in the football. I think he finally gets that. I will not pick someone from that team, but <laughs> um, you know, it, it could be Nick Bosa, it seems pop popular. Yeah, Nick Bosa. And I you mean, know what I thought was interesting. So I was looking at the different odds. Uh-huh. You know, Chase Young's only like plus six thousand. I don't know huh. how. I feel like he should be a very long shot. I don't think he's gonna win it. Yeah, I don't I don't think, but you know, I do think he could possibly be the comeback player of the year this year. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that's already given to Demar Hamlin, but but we'll see. We'll see. You know, if he if he has some crazy season, uh, we'll see. That's very interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Micah Parsons. Like I said, I think he's probably the best defensive player in football. But all right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll continue talking about football. We're leading up until Clemson and Duke right here on overtime on 106.7 The Fan. After the end of a good fight. You deserve an ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.
Final half hour here on Overtime, 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you up until 7.30, leading up to Clemson and Duke. Here on 106.7 The Fan. Want to give us a call, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can also tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. So I didn't know if we were going to get a chance to get to this today, but we have the time. We got a half hour. We're going to, we're going to make time for it. I didn't know if I was going to because it's kind of a couple days late now making fun of Jonathan Gannon, but you know what? He continues to be a little bit of a fool. So Josh Weinfuss of ESPN tweeted out today, Another twist to the Cardinals quarterback situation. They don't have either Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon listed to speak at the podium on their weekly media schedule. Quarterbacks usually talk on Wednesdays. Oh, so you're going to hold this back for competitive advantage. Once again, Jonathan Gannon. I don't understand what he thinks he's doing. I don't understand how he has a head coaching job ahead of a guy like Eric Bieniemy. It makes absolutely no sense. Two things, Jonathan Gannon, when you say that you're holding back who your starting quarterback is for a competitive advantage. Two things off that. One, you probably won't be competitive this year, and at no point will you have an advantage. So your idea of holding back who your starting quarterback is, newsflash. The idea that the commanders are going to have to drastically change their game plan depending on Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon. I'm sorry, neither of them scare this team. Neither of them. Neither of them is very good. And Jonathan Gannon, I just, I don't understand how he got to this spot. I get that he was the defensive coordinator for the Eagles and all that stuff, and which also, again, he was defensive coordinator for the Eagles, and I don't know, did the Eagles look any good in the Super Bowl defensively? Not really. How did he get picked over the guy that worked with the offense that destroyed that guy's defense? Eric Bieniemy is an offensive coordinator still, and yet Jonathan Gannon's a head coach. Make it make sense to me because it doesn't make any sense at all. Jonathan Gannon was in the cycle one time, and he got a head coaching gig, and Eric Bieniemy doesn't interview well. Ron Rivera throws him under the bus, doesn't help his case, which, again, that's probably what infuriates me most about Ron Rivera's comments. It's like, I don't think it was anything too, too bad what he said, and I don't think it was necessarily that much of an issue, and I think he said it in passing, and he wasn't trying to tear him down, but this is a guy that has more than earned the opportunity to be a head coach, and yet he doesn't have that chance yet because no one wants to give it to him, and then his head coach, who works with him, tears him down. It's absolutely ludicrous. And then you listen to... Eric Bieniemy talk, and I had the privilege of being there for one of his press conferences during training camp. And as he continues to talk, he's just talking. But you may, you want to run through a wall for this guy. This guy just motivates you. And then you got Jonathan Gannon, and I'm sure you've heard the audio by now. But Jonathan Gannon was addressing his team in a hard knock style video on their YouTube, and here is his pump up speech when the guys returned to training camp. Welcome back. Good to see everybody's faces. Who, who drove over here? Put, let me see your hands. Who took the bus? Did you have fire in your gut? Did you? We're here for a reason. Don't get that twisted. Okay, we're here for a reason to win games. So if you didn't have that fire in your gut, you better, you better light the fire pretty fast. Okay? So, everyone's on time, everyone's got fire in their gut. How you go about your day is going to be critical for our success as a team. Winning behavior is winning behavior on a daily basis to become the best player that you can be so we can be the best team that we want to be. Don't show up a minute late, I'm finding you. Because you're not putting yourself behind the team. You're putting yourself in front of the team if you do that and it's bull because your buddies are counting on you. You understand? Jeff's counting on you. Nick's counting on you. I'm counting on you. Hump is counting on you to do the right So do the right or we're gonna get waxed. You understand? Truthfully, if you said, hey, JG, what do you want your team to look like? I want them to be killers. Truthfully, silent killers. 
killers, okay? So be who you are, just understand I'm looking for killers. It's a good thing they put the music behind that because otherwise it would have been the most boring speech ever. It, it's up there with like when you have to sit there when they're trying to sell you a timeshare. Yes, it's <laughs> like I'll give him credit. It was a little bit better when you have the full context, which I grabbed there, than what you initially heard from the little clips. But when you take the music out from behind it, that is the most uninspiring speech I've ever heard from a head coach. That doesn't make me want to go play football. That makes me want to go take a nap. What about that makes you think, did you drive here? Or did you take the bus? Hey, Chris, you have fire in your gut? Like, How does that motivate a football team? There, there's a lot of like, you know, if you're one minute late, you're getting detention in that Yeah, too. I mean, like some of the stuff, like whatever, you know, typical coach speak. I like some of the stuff, you know, fine. But again, if you've listened to Eric Bieniemy at all, that guy makes you want to run through a wall. And then you listen to this guy, who is a head coach in the National Football League. How did he get there? Like, It makes no sense why this guy got the opportunity to be a head coach. And he continues to be a clown by, we're not going to name the starting quarterback. We don't want to give Washington a competitive advantage. Come on. You, you don't have any advantage because you're starting either Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon. Let's be honest. Like... I mean, if they start Clayton Toon, you'll have a pair of fifth-round quarterbacks starting, one in a second-year, one a rookie, Clayton Toon being the rookie. Or you're starting Josh Dobbs, a guy that is a stopgap for a lot of teams and backs up for a lot of teams, and that's all he does. Like, he was fun in college, that was it. Like, Clayton Toon wasn't even that great in college, and he's possibly going to be your starter in week one. Like, I just don't understand how the Cardinals got to where they're at because it's such a wild case study when you look at them because – you know, they were praised a couple of years ago when you think about it because they were one of the first teams to do what they did where they drafted Josh Rosen in the top 10 and then it clearly wasn't going to work out. He wasn't going to be their guy and they had the number one overall pick and they said, all right, screw it. We're going to take Kyler Murray. And that's what I kind of thought that the Bears should have considered doing this year where they had the opportunity to move on from a guy like a Justin Fields who has talent and had some trade value. And maybe they could have drafted a guy like a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud or even Anthony Richardson if they decided that was their flavor. But ultimately, they decided that they would rather keep rolling with Justin Fields. But the Cardinals were the first ones to do that. And I think they made the right choice. Kyler Murray is clearly better than what Josh Rosen ever will be and ever was. And now they're in a spot where Kyler Murray is kind of showing you what he is. Like, I think he's a solid NFL quarterback, but... He's a little bit small, so he always started the season really hot. He was always in the MVP conversation through like week six and week seven and week eight, and then he'd get nicked up a little bit because someone would hit him, and all of a sudden all of his play would fall off, and this is a team that would be good, and all of a sudden they're really bad at the end of the year and a joke. And the Cardinals have gone from that to now being clearly the worst team in football. They're probably not even going to play Kyler Murray at any point this season. Like if you had to ask me, to put money on him playing this year, I just would not do that. I don't think he plays this year. I don't think it makes sense for them to play him this year. He's got, you know, injury clauses in his contract, so I don't see a reason he should suit up. And then on top of that, if you bring Kyler back, you're more likely to win football games, and it's pretty clear what they're doing. They're looking at number 13 out there in L.A. suiting up for USC and thinking, he's going to be pretty nice here in Arizona in next season. And so... Why would you even suit up Kyler Murray? Even if not him, I mean, there's there looks like there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks in the draft next year, like good quarterbacks. Yeah, but it's going to be it's going to be Caleb Williams. Like he's another level. Well, my point is whether they have the top draft pick or not may not even you know. Yeah, and that's the thing though. But like they're not even going to consider. I don't see why. I don't think Kyler Murray. They leave him on the pup list, so that means he misses the first four games. I don't think he's going to be ready by week five. And so let's just assume it's a week eight, week nine timeline. Well, what's the Cardinals' record going to be by week eight, week nine? Will they have won a game? Maybe. Will they have lost all of their games? Very possibly. Let's look at their schedule to start. Because if they're starting and they're like one and seven, one and eight, why would you bring back Kyler Murray? It makes absolutely no sense. So if we look at the Cardinals' schedule for this season, let's see, I'm trying to pull it up because they're going to be in some serious trouble. They're just not very good this season. And they obviously start out against Washington, and, I mean, we all assume and hope that that's going to be a win for Washington. 
And then their second game is going to be against the Giants. The Giants, and then Dallas, so I they're doing the NFC Giants. East. I would take the Cowboys, and then it's the Niners. I'd take the Niners, the Bengals. Maybe your first chance is against the Rams when they don't have Cooper Cup and who knows what else. So that'd be one, two, three, four, five games to start the year where they could lose, and maybe they start one and five. Seahawks are going to lose. Ravens are going to lose. Browns they're going to lose. Falcons maybe they had a chance. Maybe the Texans you got a chance. I mean they're they're going to have a chance in maybe five or six games this year. Realistically, that's where they're going to be at. But you know, you got to play competitive advantage, Chris. You you can't tell us who your starting quarterback is. <laughs> it's it's just absolutely insane. And then to hear Jonathan Gannon and you have fire in your gut. Like what is that? What is that? It might, they might be drafting a coach next season. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very bad where they're at because honestly, and I don't, I wouldn't say I go as far as Grant and Danny because I've heard their philosophy on coaches that they hire and they wouldn't hire a defensive head coach. And I don't know if I would go as far as that. But one, you hire a defensive head coach. And the reason behind not hiring a defensive head coach is when you hire an offensive head coach, Think of Sean McVay. Think of Kyle Shanahan. You can lose your offensive coordinator, and you're still going to have the guy that is behind the offense. So, you know, we've seen it before where sometimes a team has an electric offense. Their offensive coordinator goes somewhere else, and all of a sudden their offense is not as good. That'd be the reasoning behind it. So not only did you not hire an offensive coach to work with, you know, presumably if you keep him around, the number one overall pick in Caleb Williams, or even Kyler Murray, who's a pretty electric player in his own right, if they were to keep him, not only did you hire a defensive coach, but you hired a complete dweeb. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they didn't they didn't hire a good defensive head coach. They didn't hire. I, I don't know. It's just it's very questionable what they're trying to do. All right, we're gonna hit a quick break here. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show, continuing to talk about football. Maybe take a look at some of the stuff that happened with college football. Again, if you want to hop in before the end of the show, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. We'll wrap up overtime next here on The Fan. Final segment here, 106.7 The Fan on overtime before we turn it over to some college football. Duke taking on Clemson tonight as week one continues on. It's been a fun week one for college football. It's been really fun to watch these teams. Obviously, Dion and Colorado is a really cool story and something really fun to watch. That's something that is going to be something to monitor all season long. I think that the game of the year might end up being that USC against Colorado game. Caleb Williams taking on, I mean, honestly, Shooter Sanders looks like he could be a Heisman candidate. I mean, it's one game. But 510 passing yards? Nuts. And then Tr- Travis Hunter is That's also unreal. just insane what he was doing. Unreal. Playing as much as he did, and it's just been absolutely unreal to see that team and the transformation. But... You know, we were talking about this with Bart. It's not shocking to see what they did because if you think about it, it's an entirely new team. Like, as much as you want to say it's Colorado, like, none of the people that were at Colorado last year are at Colorado this year. I mean, it's literally over 80 players through the portal, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a totally new team. And that's something that, again, I was talking about this the other day. I don't know that I like the transfer portal because that just seems weird that all of a sudden Dion rolls into town. And obviously he's a good coach, and I think he's done a really good job preparing his guys, but it's a totally different team. It's not, you know, Colorado last year wasn't very good because obviously they probably weren't as coached as well, but they also weren't very talented. Now all of a sudden you bring in Dion, and he can bring in every single recruit he wants and also bring in a bunch of guys that were already in college. It will be interesting to see how that impacts some of these legacy teams, like, you know, the Alabamas and Floridas that have just been dominant for so long. Uh, because it's basically like everyone's a free agent now every yeah. year. And that's what I don't like so much about the transfer portal is that at times it feels like not only do you have to recruit a player to come play for you, you have to continually recruit them to stay at your school. It just it doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right that you're, you know, having to constantly tell your guys, hey, buy into what we're doing here and – you know, maybe one day you coach them a little bit too hard and they're like, well, I'm going somewhere else. I feel it's a lot like the NBA where these super teams kind of, you know, it's almost like the players decide which team they're all going to be on more than the GMs, you know. Yeah, I think that's a good comparison because when you look at the NBA, they've obviously empowered the players and it's kind of become this thing where in college football, 
they've empowered a lot of the players to kind of make their decisions and stuff. So I think that I, I you know, it's it's something that's very interesting, and I I'm intrigued to see how it kind of evens out because I think this is one of those things too where we've seen this in other things before as well, where something gets opened up or some rule changes or something happens and it ends up being that at the beginning it gets exploited like crazy, but then over time it kind of evens out and various things. But I think that'll happen with NIL. I've brought this up on, on Saturday talking about Spencer Rattler, like, I mean, do you really want to be a school, at, at, you know, like Oklahoma and your your boosters there and you're giving a lot of money and all of a sudden it's going to Spencer Rattler and then Spencer Rattler ends up on the bench? Like, I don't know that you want that. But then at the same point, like, I think that'll even out. But how does the transfer portal even out? Is that something that eventually they're just going to have to change all the rules on it? Because to me, I think you have to adjust some things because it just, it just does not seem right that you can just go wherever you want all the time and change and do all these various things. And I get the argument is, you know, the players should have the right to kind of do what they want and all these various things. And, you know, I mean, these kids are 18, 17, 18, they're leaving high school and they make a decision and, you know, you expect them to be stuck there for four years. Like, no, I mean, just like you and I, if we went to a college somewhere, we didn't like it, we could transfer. I get all those things, but at the same point, they're not like your average college student. That's not how it works. Like they are, they're not professional athletes, but the way it's going, it's very close to being at least semi-professional if you want to consider it that. And some of the cash that some of these guys are getting, it's it's very much so <laughs> professional sport and ways. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly how all this stuff evens out if it does, because if it doesn't, then college sports could be in some serious trouble. And I think you're already seeing some of the things where schools are just going all over the place. And I think, if anything, all of this stuff has exposed that this whole operation all along has been all about money. And now it's just showing it, right? I mean... I don't think there's ever been a question about that, though. <laughs> but they could, they could always, like, put fronts on about stuff, right? And they could say that it's not. But when a school like, you know, UCLA and USC, when those schools enter the Big Ten, that's clearly for money. Like, that's what it's all about, right? Like, there's not any doubt about that because it's not better for your student-athletes to be traveling all the way to Wisconsin or Rutgers or Maryland, and now you're seeing Stanford and Cal joining the, the ACC. Like, that's not for the betterment of the students, and it's clearly all about money, and okay, fine, but at least come out and make it <laughs> like they've made it clear. It, they might not say it now, but they've made it clear. And so the thing that's been intriguing me about all this too, with all it, you're talking about the, all the schools changing conference or whatever, and the impact this has on all the other sports at that school, uh, it has really intrigued me. That I, the idea I've heard floated around of them all, you know, moving the football teams into like their own essentially like league. Yeah, I mean, and then having the the conferences stay together for the other sports because it's ridiculous to have like crew teams from Stanford coming out and playing Duke, you know, or what yeah. like and I think that makes some sense because when you think about it with football, you're you're traveling one time, you play the game, you're kinda of back and it's it's not as much travel and you have fewer games. It's once a week. Whereas, you know, soccer or basketball even or you just simple things like that, baseball, like it's supposed to be regional so you're not traveling as much because it's sp- supposed to be about the student and student athlete, even though we all kind of know at this point that it's not. That's going to do it for us. Appreciate you guys for listening in. Duke and Clemson are going to come up. I'm pretty excited to watch this game, actually, because I don't know a whole lot about this Riley Leonard kid, the quarterback for Duke, but a lot of people have him as a sneaky possible draft candidate. I just looked up on PFF. They have him as the ranked as the fifth top quarterback in next year's class, so make sure you keep it tuned right here. Clemson and Duke comes up after us. Appreciate Chris for doing all the hard work behind the scenes. I'm Toby Altizer. Saying thanks for listening. Clemson, Duke, next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 